0: And welcome back to the Euro Trips Football Podcast. We are back for another season preview with the Premier League season just under a week away. And this time the team we're focusing on is Tottenham Hotspur. And with me, I've got a special guest. Not only is he, is he the founder of Scarfie Spurs Talk, he's also the co-host of Parklane Pod and also it's a fellow writer of Vavil. With me today is Harry Scarf. How are you, mate?
1: Oh, very good. Thank you, Andy. It's great to be here. Really looking forward to this. Well, yeah. We're having
0: on, we've sort of been back and forth on DMing on Twitter for a few months now. So it's nice to finally, finally meet, albeit I say in person, not quite in person, but Zoom is yeah. the best thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Great stuff. Um, So, yeah, we are here to talk about Tottenham. And as you are first time on the podcast, we'll ask you the same questions we ask our other guests who come on for the first time. Firstly, why Tottenham Hotspur?
1: Oh, it's, it's, it's a great question, uh, the all important question. Uh, it's run through the family uh, for a long while. I was never really given a choice uh, what team to support, uh, so I can think who to point the blame for that. Uh, so yeah, it's run through the family. Uh, you know, I would say obviously 14 years old, support Spurs for a while, but really got into it. I would say talking in the early early potch days, so it started off really really good under potch. Not so, so sure about the last uh, few years, but um, I have never given a choice. Uh, we sort them. I don't know if it's a good or bad thing but hey know. I've adopted it put it that way <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah um, I mean you probably have like a lot of Spurs fans experience a lot of you know disappointment and you know certainly being a young fan like yourself you've obviously never seen them win a trophy because 2008 was the last time we won a trophy so yourself it's probably quite hard to find a, you know, a favourite memory because you've had a City fan on who's obviously his favourite memory is pretty obvious and other fans have come on like at <laughs> Bournemouth and Forest but for you a team that probably is the most probably the most mocked team in the UK I think in terms of the lack of trophies stuff like that so I imagine for you finding a favourite memory probably is quite tough but for you what would that what would that be
1: yeah it, it is quite tough um if, if I'm being honest, it'd probably be something like, obviously, the Champions League semi-final was a good one. Uh, I don't know how old I was there, but I was a lot younger. I vaguely remember that. I remember because I, I was going out of the room uh, because uh, I was going to bed. I thought the game was done. Uh, I turned around. Lucas Moore was on the ball and he, he put it in the corner. And The rest is history, really. So, that that's definitely got to be up there, but close to it. I think last season, against Manchester City, when Kane broke the record, uh, we're actually in a good place there. We're actually, I think we were third or fourth Obviously Kane had broken the record and things were looking good. Um, Conte stepped away for his gallbladder surgery and, and Lee stepped in and done a good job for a short period of time. So that's got to be up there. So there are not many moments but there would be the couple that, that stand out to me. <laughs> yeah, because you're by far our youngest fan we've had on the podcast
0: uh, so far. And, you know, you said, I think you are, I believe you're, is it 16 at the moment your age is? Is that right? Or is it less? Only 14, believe it or not. Oh, only 14. Wow, okay. So I was thinking about yeah. Go to bed early. this first game when I read that game was 2019. So I'd have been, yeah, I was trying to work out how old you were to be going to bed that early. But now it makes complete sense. You'd have been what eight or nine at the time when. Um, yeah. Yeah. God, that is uh, makes you the feel. School game as well. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, I, I remember like I had a similar thing, which probably makes you feel really old now. Is that I had a similar situation when I almost went to bed in Southampton when we played AC Milan, and of course um, stayed up. My dad let me stay up to try and teach you the value of losing. And in the end, <laughs> we ended up winning. But um yeah, it just made we're very old. The fact that I remember exactly who I was when I was watching that Spurs game against Ajax, of course, because we yeah. won the day before. And of course, I was very eager to find out who you we were playing in the final. I remember just the scenes in that pub, you know, when when Lucas Moore scored his hat, and scored the goal that took you to the final. I remember just yeah. the whole bar. There was quite a lot of Spurs fans in this pub and it was just absolutely better. I mean, in Bristol, it was just, it was crazy, really. Yeah.
1: And... That's crazy. What I remember is when we we're in the Champions League uh, under Poch, I remember, so obviously it'd be a school day, the, the game would be about quarter to eight, eight. I'd get in from school, so, and I would uh, I'd have a nap for about an hour, and then I'd get woken up 15 minutes before the game, and I'd get to, get to stay up because I was at school the next day. So that's the way you used to do it. I remember that perfectly. Um, Champions League semi-final, although it was a school day, it was different because it was a semi-final, uh, so I got to stay up longer, so I was very, very tired, uh, I made the choice to, well, I thought I made the choice to go to bed, but luckily I hadn't got out of the room, like I said, and Lucas Warren scored, so it brings back some good memories, um, when I was a lot younger, it was just, just great.
0: <laughs> probably more good memories in the final itself, I mean, that um, game was probably killed, yeah. wasn't it, the first, was it the first minute when Suzuku handballed it, it was very early on, it, yeah. just, it did kill the game, obviously I Don't mind that at all, but um, yeah, no, it did definitely definitely kill the game a little bit. Um, Now, favourite players for Spurs. Now, we've asked all our fans from their life from supporting a team who their favourite player is since becoming a fan of the team, so for you it may be obvious who he's going to be. You've mentioned his name before, but who would be for you your favourite ever Tottenham player?
1: Well, the player I've always kind of looked up to is, as you would expect, uh, Harry Kane, uh, you know, amazing athlete, professional, uh, and one of the best footballers. Um, And I just just love his all-round attitude. So that's the one that really, really stand out. When I was younger, uh, I was looking at players like Bale as well, uh, leading the way um, when he went to Real Madrid. So, yeah, the one I would say would be, be Harry Kane. But there's a lot of footballers, you know, as you grow up and you go, I love their attitude, you know, I love the way they do it, that never give up attitude. Kane gave 110%. You always get the impression he's the last man training, you know, his last one to go home, first one to get here. That's the kind of impression you get from Kane. Uh, and as a younger fan, he obviously wants to be in and around football somehow. You look up to life Harry Kane and, and his attitude and the way he goes about it. So that, that's the one that would probably uh, allude to me. Uh, and it, <laughs> I hate to say it, but we're, we're facing a crisis this summer where he may not be um, the top and what's player after a whopping 10 years. But He's been a very loyal servant to the club, and, and inspired many children, I'm sure, to to whether in in football outside of football to to go and make it and smash their dreams.
0: Well, you mentioned now we will skip a little bit ahead of our schedule. We will go back to the ins and outs, but obviously the biggest talk <laughs> has been one of the biggest talking points this summer has been Harry Kane, um, of course, leaving Spurs potentially. I mean, it's been a thing for a few years now. I think a couple of years ago, the whole Man City. Thing the transfer request, obviously now they've bought Haaland, that staff dead in the water. But for you, obviously, I remember back in my day, my first real idol was Michael Owen, and of course he left for Real Madrid. Uh, I remember that feeling you had when Torres left as well. And recently, I've seen my favourite three players all leave in the same summer in Firmino, Henderson and Fabinho. So for you, obviously, even more so, because you mentioned being a favourite of a Tottenham player, do you think he'll stay or do you think there's a chance that... Do you think it is time is up now for him and he will make that move to buy Munich?
1: Being honest with you, I expect him to make the move away. We had this situation two years ago. I can't see it happening again where he stays. Um, to be honest with you, I, I think he, he thought, you know, I can't get the move I want. Let's see how it goes. Uh, but Kane's in, in a good position for himself. In terms of if Daniel leaving Tottenham, don't let him go, he can just say stuff you. I'm leaving on the free next summer. So Kane can do that. Uh, and the likes of Bayern will probably still be waiting uh, in the summer when he goes for free. and will probably be laughing at, at Tottenham Levy. So, although people say that the ball's in uh, Levy's court in terms of he's got control of this, um, but he, he can leave on the free next year and everyone will be laughing. So, it depends. Personally, I hate to say it. Obviously, along with probably every other Spurs fan in the universe, we want Kane to stay. We want Kane to be part of Ange's exciting project. I think it is. Um, but you probably, you probably do cash in. We, we, we're going to sign uh, this striker, which who could be the replacement for Charlosson. So that will leave us with, with two recognised uh, strikers, uh, and it's good money for Kane. But I think none of us really want him to leave. On a free next year. He's been at the club for a long time 10 years. Perhaps it's the new time for a new challenge. I can completely understand that. He's had a fantastic career uh, and perhaps want to win something. You can't blame him because some people say the golden boost isn't enough. If I'm Kane personally, the biggest challenge is to, to stay at Tottenham and try and win something. I think that is, if you want to challenge yourself, that is the one to so do it. We haven't won a trophy since 2008. The ultimate challenge and what we've seen. In my eyes, as a legend, to go and win a trophy with Tottenham uh, after more than a decade, um, I see that as, as a massive achievement. But instead of going to Bayern and doing something that every Bayern player does, and that is win the Bundesliga, um, I think he will. I don't think he'd be a Tottenham Hotspur player at the moment. There's a possibility that he can be because you've got the season uh, very, very close, a week away. Our first game to, uh, today, in fact, um, and you know if he's not sorted by then, there's rumours that he could potentially stay. Uh, I think Bayern will, will up their offer, although people keep saying it's the final offer. I think we'll get close um, to around 90, 95 million. I think when, when Bayern put her offer in of something like 90 million with add ons that could go to 100, then it starts to get interesting. Um, but I, I don't think it's sadly be a uh, top class player, but yeah, he's been he's a loyal servant, put it that way. Amazing, amazing footballer that others have looked up to.
0: I agree totally, and I think one thing you have to commend him for that he hasn't down tool. I mean, he's even yeah. a couple of years ago when he had um, that thing with City, he came back to the team and bang goals in as if you know there was no there was no even question of him leaving. And I think last season has been the same thing. And I I do think if he does stay, he will get twenty goals again. And injury comes in, I think as long as he's playing every game this season, I think he will. I don't think he will ever down tools. I think that's why he is almost a person you look up to. Well, likes like what would have been Henderson before recently and obviously Milner and people like that and Gareth Barry, I think he is one of the people that you do look it up to and go, this is the model professional. I think that whilst the transfer of career to go, had Spurs fans for a bit, a bit, you know, and happy with him. I think overall, he's always given his all. He's always performed at his best no matter what happens and even if the team isn't performing. You see a lot of players who do down tools after the teams are doing well or they're not getting paid enough or not play or playing. So I think you have to really commend him. And I think there's definitely two sides to it because on the one side, if he goes to Bayern, you know, yes, he won trophies and he will move that stigma he's got at the moment where he can't win the big game or win any trophies. And he will do that on the flip side. He will be probably seeing now is that oh he's gone there just it's almost like, you know, the Van Persie to ask to the United and things like that, where he's going just For that reason, whereas I think if he stays in Spurs and wins just one trophy, I think it's a bit like going back to Liverpool again. Sorry about this. Um, go back to Gerard. I mean, he said he's wanted that, he'd rather win one trophy at Liverpool than win five or ten with, with Chelsea. And I think that there's an element to that where Kane could easily leave and Spurs could win a trophy, but if he stays, he could win a trophy, so there's that as well. And I think that he yeah. it's all the, what's the phrase, obviously, grass not green on the other side, that whole thing. I think you know, he could stay and could win a trophy, but he is. If you say 30 now, I know he's only 47 goals off reaching Shearer's record. And I think that'll be something that may play into his mind if he does stay. But of course, he'll want to end his career with trophies. And I think that now is probably the time, to be fair, as you're saying, because yeah. he's been Spurs long, long time now. He's given us all. He's done a lot for the club. He probably is, probably is the best of a striker. I think there's other players you could argue alongside that, but... Um, I think either way, I don't think Spurs' sons can really hate him. I think he could have left a long time ago and he didn't. And I think that they will probably wish him well. And I think also if he moves to Bayern, he won't be going to a rival. I think that's probably why he hasn't sold like to Man U, who I yeah, think yeah, yeah. really should have got in for him rather than Hoyland. So I think if he goes to Bayern or if he yeah, goes yeah. to the grid or anyone like that, I think Spurs' sons will move. I think I'm guessing you'd much rather that because it's not going to impact Spurs' level because they're not in the Champions League. And if, even if they are... They may never play by Munich in any any round, so I think that's probably why Levy yeah. sold him to City or United. And I think that probably will help binds in that point of view, trying to get him. The fact that Levy isn't selling to a big rival.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you, uh, Andy. The thought of him, you know, being in the Premier League and scoring, um, you know, two games a season against Tottenham, it hurts, and I, I think it will hurt Kane C- himself. Um, so I, I think both Daniel Levy and Kane, one thing they can be in agreement over is ideally um, he makes a move outside of the Premier League. Perhaps not ideal for Kane's uh, family situation. Uh, cause he is, He's a family man, he's a charity man. Um, but I think he'll recognise that he won't want any tension between him and top of fans. That's the worst thing you want when you're an all-time top goal scorer. You don't want any hate there. Uh, you, you want to be loved. You want to be remembered. You don't want to be booed when you come back. So ideally, you go outside the Premier League. I completely agree with you, Man United. I think they made a mistake and I think they regret it uh, um, next season. I, I think going in for Kane uh, would have been a lot better and a, a better, um, may, maybe not for the long term in terms of Holland's probably got longer. Um, I, I think right now, if, if United want to win now, Kane's, Kane was the player uh, they missed out on that. But uh, but you can see why Bayern Munich want to do it. So Kane, Kane probably does need for his sake a new challenge, but like I said, the biggest challenge for me uh, is going to win uh, a trophy with Tottenham. I have no problem with him going to Bayern. I, I wish him all the best. Uh, but at the same time, we're not on one-man team. We're not Harry Kane FC. We'll be, we should be fine without him. Uh, you know, we've signed some players, some top players already. this transfer window, obviously one being James Madison, Van de Ven to come. Uh, we've assigned what could be a potential replacement to Kane for the future anyway. We've obviously got Richarlison uh, we sp- spent £60 million on. So, I think we would cope fine without Kane. I think goals come with or without Kane. Obviously, it's going to be a miss. His creativity, his goals, it's going to be a huge miss. Um, I wish him all the best at Bayern, but we can't sit and dwell on it. He's going to go, get it done for the season. Uh, He'll do something with that money and improve Tottenham Hotspur because... Yeah, with or without Harry Kane, we score goals.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Kane. Really interesting to see what happens there. You mentioned a few ins and outs there. I mean, in terms of the outs, um, obviously the big one, one of the, one of the more sentimental ones, I should say, is Lucas Mora. Went on a free transfer. He's now at Sao Paulo. Um, other players that have come in, um, include also out, include how who's gone to Leicester. After a loan spell last season in Italy, he's made an undisclosed fee move to Leicester City in the Championship. But in terms of ins... You made two low moves permanent in Pedro Poro and Kudosewski. is going for a fee of 34.5 million. Other players you brought in include Madison, you mentioned there, who I think is probably the pick of the bunch, uh, as well as uh, Manuel Solomon, who uh, people will remember from his loan at Fulham last year. Um, so, for you overall, how happy are you with the ins and outs um, so far at Tottenham?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm more happy with in than out. Personally think that we're in this situation where we could start the season with a bigger squad than, than we want. Uh, and if we, we want the money, which any club does, especially a club who's got obviously spent a billion on a new stadium, you want that money inside. I think more players should have gone out the door by now. Uh, and what makes you question, you've got the likes of the Dombele, who hasn't featured at all so far in pre-season today. Good shatar, could be different, but at the moment, not at all. Not in the squad either, um, which is surprising. And and you think Tottenham are going to lose out money-wise on him, you know, by the looks of things at the moment. Um, but we, we invest significantly, break the, our transfer uh, record for that. And then there's talks of only a €5 million Euro bid, which is literally a few million. Um so do Tottenham try and hold out the maximum possible they can get. I don't know what that'll be, 10, 15, 20, maybe even 25, and just accept the loss and cash in, maybe. Um, but we've we've got we've got squad numbers. We've got Van der Ven should be the next one to come in and, and, and that and Felix as well, the striker, 19-year-old um, Phillips as well come in recently. So I'm happy with the players we've brought in. I think it took too long to address the centre back situation, but we've now signed Phillips. A young player, a talent for the future, only for less than two million as well. Uh, that's good business, to be fair, from Daniel Evie uh, and the club. And also bringing Van Der Ven in, who's obviously... We, what we, we knew we needed one centre-back of real quality, and we, we've got that, I think, in Van Der Ven. Maybe not the established... Uh, but nor was Romero when we signed him. And, and look at him, look at him now. He's definitely by far our best defender. And I think I'm up there with the very best and could be next year. So I think a partnership with Van der Romero, our defensive troubles are instantly uh, reduced. It feels a lot better uh, for, for Vicario as well, new goalkeeper. In goal, personally, right now, for trans when trying win finish, I'd give it an 8 out of 10. Uh, for me, it's only not a 10 out of 10 because I, I wanted David Rea. I don't, I'm not going to say we've made a mistake, uh, in the career, but we we definitely took the, the easier option. Some people say, uh, Brentford are being you know, harsh holding out and, and you know, wrong holding out for the forty million on David Rea because he had a year left of these contracts. True, but for uh, an English goalkeeper who's Premier League proven uh, in this current market, I think Brentford have every right to hold out personally for forty million. I I think he's worth that. But if Tottenham put a bidding thirty eight million, he could potentially. Have gone for that, but it doesn't matter. That, that that's just because I, I like David Raya. Um, I think generally better goalkeeper for Vicario. It's sad to see that Arsenal could end up with him, which I think will be their number one keeper. And so the Ramsdale, another position they could upgrade on. Uh, but I, I'm happy with our window so far, but I want to see uh, more players get out the door. When we we brought Phillips in, when we bring Van der Ven in, I think at least two centre backs as well. Uh, should should go from the window. But sometimes you've got to act like a big club. If if players aren't leaving, you have to do the sad thing and that is, is rip up players' contracts. It's not nice to do. It probably takes a lot of balls and, and courage to do that uh, as a chairman as a football club because it isn't nice. You, you don't want to do that because you're paying the player wage, you're not getting the player. It's not nice for the player itself. But it has to be done. We've got a lot of squad numbers and if these players aren't going then that's the only way you need to do it.
0: Yeah, I agree totally. And of course, Lurice is one that could be leaving as well. Um, another yeah. one who has been there a long time. And I think that, whilst I think he definitely draws mixed opinion from fans, I think you can't really um, argue with the services given to the club. He's been there, I suppose, at least in 2012 or 2013, he's been there a long time. Yeah, originally replaced Brad Friedel, who I'm a big fan of um, back in the day. So, yeah, I think it's interesting. And I think that really leads on to my next point, which is all about another incoming, which is really not to do on the pitch, it's to do with your manager. Um, Astey Postacoglu. I think I pronounced that right, former Celtic manager, has come in. Um, Now, the biggest takeaway from his appointment is that it does feel like he was maybe... Plan D. I think other managers that They tried to get to just Nagelsmann because has been one of the main ones. It feels for me a bit like Nino a couple of years ago when he felt like the same thing. So for you, Harry, your thoughts overall on the appointment of uh Postacoglu at Spears.
1: Um, generally positive, if I'm honest, because I recognise that the football that uh, you know, us fans have up with in the last few years hasn't been good. And ultimately, whatever you think of Mourinho and Conte. They, they failed at Tottenham. They failed to win anything, uh, both for their first times in their career. And that, that will hurt them both and obviously have the club. Uh, and again, wherever the recruitment for them was good enough, we definitely spent the money for sure. Um, you know, the statistics and facts don't lie. Especially Conte was, was given uh, a load of players as well last summer. Uh, literally given a checkbook. Yeah, it's a risk-free appointment for me in terms of we've got proven winners like Mourinho and Conte who haven't worked but at the same time, for Daniel Levy, this this does need to work. We keep saying that this is his last chance. This manager needs to work out. Uh, and when you know managers like Riniel Conte aren't winning at Tottenham, when they've won everywhere else in their career, it does make you question: is it is it a Tottenham problem? Is it is it a Daniel Levy problem? Which is which is completely understandable. Personally, when we appointed him, um, I wasn't too pleased in terms of I felt we should have gone out there and got an Anglesman. There was lots of rumours, whether you believe it or not, that the reason Anglesman didn't come to Tottenham was about the power uh, of transfers, which he had over in Germany with Bayern Munich and, and Levy wasn't willing to give that. Um, but we've got a manager who's, who plays the way that we're used to, that they excites fans, gets us up from our seats, which we haven't seen uh, I don't think since 2019 under Poch. Probably the last game we saw that was Champions League semi-final where fans got fans got off their seat uh, and really enjoyed watching Tottenham Hotspur, um, to be fair. So that, that is good. I, I think time will tell whether it's the right appointment or not. I like the way he comes across the media, deals with the players, deals with the Harry Kane situation. You know, we're not a one-man club. Uh, he likes to say uh, we, we'd be fine without Harry Kane. I like that attitude where someone like Conte would say Kane's irreplaceable. and We can't do it. without him. That, that That isn't great for the rest of the squad, uh, for confidence, self-belief. Um, but no, I'm, I'm excited by the appointment. I think we have an exciting you know, season to look forward to, but we've been in the situation before. We've signed some good players. We've definitely strengthened squad. We've got that squad there. Got young players coming through there, you know the, the youth uh, academy. Uh, the younger players have been invested in, so the future looks bright for the club. Uh, and Andrew, Andrew Pocock has been given that longer contract as well, which is good to see. More than the eighteen-month contract that both Mourinho uh, and Conte uh, were offered, um, so it's a lot better. Uh, in clearly thinking about that long term. I hope it isn't like like Nuno. No. I think there's some signs that it won't quite be like that. Um, you know, obviously it, it took a while to, to, to appoint him. Definitely wasn't our first choice, but I, I think he, I think he'll worked out. But for his sake, Costa Stokokolo is definitely the biggest challenge he's had in his career, but I'm sure he's looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly sure. We certainly got into a situation of anyway. You've got the Kane thing, you've got the whole thing with Daniel Levy. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, and obviously from what I've seen on YouTube stuff like that, he seems like he doesn't take any shit, basically. that part of my French. It seems like he's <laughs> someone who... Um, is not going so to speak as mine. I've seen him on a few, like, I think so like some it was an Australian news program, maybe, or some sort of Australian TV yeah. show where he had an argument. I've seen him have a, the whole thing with the guy who bought the Kane Bynes shirt to the press conference. He seems like he's someone that, a bit like Conte and Jose in that respect, in terms of he will just, he's not afraid to say what he thinks. And he is quite, seems quite a... I would say maybe not prickly but it seems like he is very much makes himself known I should say so I think it's going to be interesting to think that maybe, maybe that's been part of it of the reason why Levy picked him as maybe someone he wouldn't take any messing from players because from what I've seen from last by the point of view there seems to be a lot of maybe bad eggs or people in the dressing room maybe aren't giving their all so I think he'll certainly um, probably probably will be the whole thing where if you don't want to train don't bother turning up or, or, or something like that yeah. So I think it could be good in that sense I think what you saw was Poch, really, probably your best manager, really, certainly of the 21st century, uh, is that you don't always need a big name to do well. I mean, you look on paper, Poch hasn't got anywhere near the, cred- the pedigree of Conte or Jose, and yet, obviously, Poch got you to a Champions League final and got you to a second-place finish behind, I think it was behind Leicester or behind Chelsea. I forget which one, whether you were third or second. I'm... Both both second-place. Okay, yeah. So it's, yeah, um, yeah I, I think it's it just shows that it's about the right fit. And I think that if he is the right fit, I don't think it matters who was come before. I think it just matters what's there now. And really look at the other managers like, you know, Arteta hasn't got the pedigree of a you know Emery, certainly in today's world, but he's done far better in the league and there's other managers who can say the same thing. So yeah, overall, yeah. I think it's all about the fit. So that really will be the final part of the segment, which will be all about where you think will finish in the season. Now we've had You are seventh fan so far. We've had six teams before you. Um, I'm intrigued where you are in terms of everyone else. Uh, City, Forest, Villa, Newcastle, Bournemouth and Walls are 16th before. So I'm intrigued where you think your team will finish. So, Harry, the big question at the end of the podcast. Where in the table position-wise will Spurs finish this season? I'm going
1: to be bold and say that we're going to get Europa League football next season and we're going to finish fifth. Absolutely would take that. Uh, as a Spurs fan, next season all I want to see is is better than last year. Progress, if that means finishing seventh, sixth, fifth, beyond, absolutely fine. I'm not asking Ange in his first season uh, with brand new squad, completely different system, uh, and a, a club that is sinking in the end. Last season as a sinking ship, um, for to say the least. Um, to to go and get Champions League football, I think that's he's got the um, long term contract. If eventually gets in Champions League football. Because uh, we're a long way away from closing the gap to City and Arsenal. I don't think this is the season to do it. Two, three years' time, maybe less, to do that, absolutely. Now it's just about getting back into Europe where this club belongs uh, and improving uh, on last season uh, at the end of the day. Because it's the worst place finish last season in my lifetime. Uh, first time outside of European football in my lifetime, finishing eighth in the end. Um, that That hurt, I think, for everyone. Uh, in and outside the club fans and it, it did hurt people in the club and that's why we've seen action with a manager change a system change um, different way of recruiting players going out the door players coming in everything's different around this club this summer it is, it's a trial to say the least but we I think we're going to finish fifth and also bold prediction I think we're going to win a trophy next season we're going to win the FA Cup
0: OK OK that that is bold that's more than I wanted as well so that's even better so you are yeah. our um, joint second most optimistic fan you are kind of tied with um, Newcastle fan Craigie Wilson from the Magpie Channel, otherwise known as Keg. He also had you in fifth place. Yes. So only Matt Aaron, our City fan, finishing second, being our more optimistic prediction than yours. So, yeah, you mentioned the trophy as well. That's, um, you know, that that would be quite something. And I think that, I think many is, I think, certainly I was always back in Spurs. I've always quite liked Spurs, if I'm honest with you, because I've liked so the players, like Son- yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, back in the day, Genus, and you know, Berbatov and Robbie Keane. So I think the, I find Spurs had a lot of likeable players, uh, apart from maybe Sir Orbe. Maybe that's one player I couldn't quite, couldn't quite get behind watching um, the red card waiting to happen that he was. But um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think trophy's not a thing with Spurs. I think no matter how more when it comes to our bet than them in the season, I think you can't really ever write them out because the players are there. You know, you've got Kane and Son, although Kane not be there. But, um, you know, the likes of, you know, Hoiberg, I think, is a good holding midfielder. And yeah. I think I think this team, I think a lot of people would probably be quite behind it. I think that only really Arsenal, Chelsea fans and West Ham fans would probably be the only ones maybe. Not quite enjoying that, but overall, I think that will be a good <laughs> season. If you can get fifth place back in European football and you can get a trophy, I think that would be amazing. I don't know whether that would be like a Michael Owen or would it be like a situation where Kate Payne goes to Bayern. Um, and then he sees Spurs on a trophy I think that would be quite funny I thought a tweet about that the other day actually about perhaps he's um, the jinx he <laughs> <Like, laughs> might be the jinx after all <laughs> <laughs> like imagine that Like Kane goes to and they don't win the league and then he goes to um, and he sees Spurs on a trophy that would be um, quite the drama I'm not going to lie
1: absolutely it will be. Uh, I don't think you'll like that but Andy question for you that Newcastle fan you said was uh, the, the, the most optimistic in terms of Spurs. Where did he think that Newcastle would finish this season? I'm interested to know. That, that's an interesting one.
0: Oh, so that was actually only his prediction on, on Newcastle. So
1: Oh, you know, okay.
0: He, so, yeah, his was fifth place for Newcastle. So, I don't, he didn't give any other predictions apart from that. Um, it was just Newcastle finishing fifth. And I think that, obviously, it was surprising me seeing Aaron put City second rather than first. I thought he'd far Fargo first, but um, but, yeah, no, I think to the other fans, we've had a Bournemouth fan pulling them 14th, uh, Bournemouth uh, oh, wow. had his team finishing 13th, Tom Morton, our Wolves fan, had his team finishing 16th, um, so, yeah, a lot of maybe optimist and well, not cautious fans or maybe negative fans or negative feelings about the season coming up, but for you, I think fifth is, I think, fairly optimistic. I think we are doing our predictions later on in the week uh, on as a, as a group on Eurotrips, and I don't think I'll be putting Spurs, if I'm honest anywhere near 5th. If, if I'm honest with you, I, I do think it will no. be... I don't think it'll be... I think it'll be something like a 7th or 8th. I just think that there's other teams around them,
1: especially if you lose Kane. I think we could see... see yeah, him. yeah, it's um, understandable. 5th is think... a massive jump and I don't expect to get 5th. 5th is and win the trophy is absolutely absolute fantasy. Being, being honest, that is probably not going to happen. If you said to me, Andy... We even finish seventh. Uh, we don't win, win a trophy. It's not the end of the world. We've made progress, or we win the seventh and we, we win a trophy. We finish sixth, no trophy. It's just about getting back into Europe and making progress on last season. Obviously, if Ange could do, I'll say the impossible because Conte done it, but obviously not from quite as bad a position. But if, if Ange gets uh, gets us straight back into Champions League football, obviously that is a fantastic achievement, uh, and all of a sudden the. A- for the following season will be to close the gap to City and Arsenal again, to, and then it will eventually be to, to maybe even fight for the title, improve the squad. We've got the squad for European football now, probably even Champions League football after the signing has been made um, this summer, but we need the, the team spirit back, we need the structure, the way playing, uh, and the system needs to come across. Personally, I think we'll start the season slowly, because we only played two pre-season games, um, and you know, one we played, um what others would call a pub team. Uh, that's others' words, not mine, uh, in King City Lions, Sailors. Uh, we won at the end, but we were we losing in the first half. Uh, we lost to West Ham in, in the first game. There's, there's positive signs in the way we played, Um, but defensively, no. Uh, today will be an interesting test against against Shakhtar, um, to be fair. Obviously, I don't think the level of opposition of us, uh, but probably the best that we've had. So that'd be an interesting test. But we don't think we start the season very well because you've got Brentford and Man United to, to start the season. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's not exactly the, the start you want. Um, but I, I would say play them early. Play, play the good teams early. We'd um, rather yeah, play them, yeah. when they're rusty than when they in got the momentum on their side and they've got their groove on. So um, look at the, the it's Brentford very true yeah beat Man U 4-0. You know, if they, they played that game in... November or December, they probably would have lost that game at home. So I think there's an argument to me that whilst you're resting yeah. yourself, I think the chance to play a team... Like we're playing Chelsea first game of the season. I think that's perfect. We may still draw or lose, but I think I'd rather play Chelsea, especially with the new manager, first game than, than I would, you know, December, January when they're really getting their groove on. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think it could work in your favour that way.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you. You definitely want to play them early. It's more the end of the season that worries me. that The... Or the London derbies and the Manchester cities, the Arsenal's uh, towards the the end of the season, uh, the last the last eight games. I think we played six of them the top seven teams that finished last season. So that is quite quite a big challenge, and that maybe be a, a problem. But obviously early on we saw with the championship yesterday, teams are just getting you the comeback from the summer break, uh, and nobody apart from Watford really blew. Um, me away, uh, they were very slow I was, I'm in Norfolk currently, I went to go and watch Norwich yesterday against Hull, they got the job done um, and got the three points winning 2-1, but for the, the majority of the game uh, um, they, they, they wasted chances and they didn't look great up to what I'd call full fitness and full standard, uh, match fitness if you like, um, so it will take time, but you, you want to play those teams Brentford and Man United early, definitely, you don't want to play them towards Christmas, when Brentford are on their 10 game, i being run again um, so, so hopefully that is a good thing um, But we, sh- we shall see I think coming to the first International break and then eventually Christmas Coming to Christmas uh, We want to be in the mix with top six Finishing in the top six is obviously the aim Seven would be, would be the worst thing in the world But it's better because it's better than last season We want to be in and around the fight uh, We don't want to be um, you know, Last season that massive Over 20 point gap between us and Arsenal We, we obviously want that to be reduced Next season is going to be interesting for a lot of different clubs, but especially for Tottenham. It's a new start.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. But that is where we'll end the podcast. So first of all, thank you once again, Harry, for coming on. Thank you. it pleasure. Thank you, Andy. No problem at all. Always a pleasure having you on, and I'll definitely have you on again at some point in the future. Um, for those watching on YouTube or maybe listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts who aren't aware of your work, Harry, um, where can they find you on
1: social media? Yeah, firstly thank you very much Andy. it been an absolute pleasure um, to come on again really really enjoyed this obviously we've been speaking uh, on Twitter for a while now so this is fantastic to, to finally come on I happy I tuned into uh, a couple of your podcasts the last one I think was two two weeks ago uh, I liked it uh, so it's great for you know to do this uh, so I was really looking forward to this um so for where people can find me uh you give my my Twitter handle on Twitter is Harry scarf 22. Um, I have my own channel, Scarfy Spurs Talk. Uh, we, we like daily Spurs content, live weekly shows every Monday 8pm. Always like a, a podcast to special guests if you like, uh, which is very, very nice. We also will next season trail something, get opposition fans' views on. Um, that could start as early as the Man United game, a uh, second game for us of the season. Uh, and my, my Twitter handle, Harry Scarf 22. Um, yeah, also an advocate for autism and uh, a football writer for Valve um so that that'd be really really exciting so yeah i'm looking forward to next season thank you very much andy uh, it's been a pleasure and don't forget to uh follow the podcast if you're listening on spotify uh subscribe on youtube so thank you andy i thought the pleasure was mine
0: and thank you for plugging the podcast as well today. And that was that was even, that was even better um <laughs> this has been the Euro trips tottenham hotspur season preview and we will see you guys next time take care